We have a new sponsor for the podcast. We wanted to welcome Meta to the Pencil Podcast family. Obviously, you know who they are and what they've helped you and your business accomplish. And if you don't, probably need to go out and make some ads and run them, preferably on Pencil. I could tell you a million great things about what Facebook ads have done and will continue to do for brands across the world. So think about this. How many brands that you love wouldn't exist without Facebook ads? How many of those brands that you will love in the future or that you might actually create in the future would thrive without Facebook ads? In the coming weeks, we'll share some stories about brands that have thrived and the operators that have made them thrive behind them with Facebook ads and that entire ecosystem. So thanks, Meta, for sponsoring the pod. Now let's get started. This week on Mastermind, we chat with Phil Keel, the Managing Director of Hello Earth, an amazing agency that does paid media out of the UK. If you're not following Phil on social, you're missing out on a tremendous amount of value and positivity. Our discussion is a nice quick one about what's working with paid ads in today's marketplace and how you as a brand can respond. Some of the value we'll receive inside centers around account structure, ad testing and budget frameworks, how much the offer and LP matter to the creative performance, and much more. Phil's an incredible marketer and human being. I'm excited for you to hear this one. Now, onto the show. We are here for another episode of Mastermind with Phil Keel. He is the managing director at Hello Earth, is an agency based out of the UK. Um, and yeah, every time I, I read anything from him or chat with him, I get not a little bit smarter, but much smarter. And so I figured who better to come on and talk about um, paid social and what you need to be thinking about over the next few months, whether it's Black Friday or holiday, um, than Phil. So Phil, thanks for being here and joining us. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Thanks, Chase. That was a very nice introduction. I'm going to record that and have that as my, uh, as my ringtone. Oh, I believe me. Uh, I... I've been trying to be as good as uh, J Cal on uh, on All In, um, so that hit a seven on the Richter scale of what I wanted to be out of ten. So, Phil, we're um we're coming into an interesting part of the year for for advertisers and brands, and I don't know you you're obviously dealing with a lot more kind of real estate than anybody else is dealing with regularly. You know, with all the brands that you guys have in house. On a macro level, how are you thinking about preparing for Black Friday, whether it's through, you know, creative testing or getting offers ready, landing pages? What do you think is kind of the most integral thing you need to start out with when you're preparing for, I don't know, this blitzkrieg that we're about to go through? Yeah, for sure. Good question, Chase. You've got to start with defining what your objective is. And that objective has got to be really personal to both you as, you know, like, the founder, the MD of the brand, whatever, whatever your job title is, and and personal to the brand. And you can't, you, even though it's very easy to, you know, absorb a lot of content online about what other brands are doing for Black Friday, what they did last year, competitors, you know, affinity brands. You've you've got to try and ignore that. You know, take some learnings into what works, but then ignore that and run your own race because other brands might be discounting by like forty percent, but that's because they've got stock or objectives from their investors whereas you might not have stock issues you might not have you know the investors breathing down the back of your neck so like run your own race and and don't try and catch up you know run the race that someone else is running because they they'll be in a different position to you for sure i think that's um 
there's something kind of almost counterintuitive to that specifically, um, which is probably why you're successful. Um, so there's two things I really took out of that specifically. One is the objective needs to be incredibly personal to your brand. Um, and also you need to run your own race and those kind of, they, they, they run parallel to me driving at the same thing, which is you need to know essentially your, the metrics that matter, the kind of goals that you're trying to hit with those metrics and what it means for your business downstream. And so effectively it's have a plan that is about you, not about all the other brands or competitors that you're dealing with. Because always, I guess it's like what you know, anyone would say, someone will always have a lower offer than you. Someone will always have more SKUs than you. And so all you can do is prepare the best that you can for that kind of situation. So with that, how do you, how do you instruct brands to actually like, think about that? Because it's one thing to say, hey, you got to focus on your, your stuff. It's another thing to say um, your, own, your own stuff. It's another thing to take that into action and become a brand that is not focused on, you know, say, I don't know, um, I'm wearing a, a Buck Mason shirt to like not be thinking about, I don't know, Viore or something. Not that they're real competitors because it's a different style, but you're saying, well, they're doing a sale. We should do a sale. It's like, well, they have all these other SKUs that they can get people into and they're like, probably their AOVs are higher. So they can take a little bit of a cut, a hit on this product to get people in versus we can't. So how do you get people to think about that? Because what happens, what I find with a lot of brand owners is not a bad thing. Um, but they're so focused on 12 things that each one of those 12 things gets like 8% of their attention. So they want it to move quickly. And so they're essentially using, you know, Viore or Buck Mason as the thing that they, they anchor against versus just thinking about themselves and like what actually makes sense for the business and what's compelling to your actual customers. How have you been um, working through getting people to think about that? And how do you think other people can like make a framework for themselves? Yeah, sure. So you've got to, you've got to start with understanding that for, for any metric to change, there will likely be an, an opposite change in the other direction for another metric. So for conversion rates to dramatically increase, we're probably going to have to discount an AOV or, or something else, or like dramatically decrease CPM or dramatically increase click-through rate. So for it's a compromise between what we're willing to um, lose in order to what we're willing to gain. So, and, and obviously a, a Black Friday in Q4, the two main elements there are discount and AOV. So, and, and the ideal picture is, can we ultimately um, increase the AOV while offering a discount and and increase customer quality and volume and conversion rate. And obviously there's a million things that we've just discussed there. So trying to, okay, so what does the offer look like, um, that we're gonna, that we're gonna use. I always go back to the point that, and, and this is quite anecdotal, but I'm sure plenty of brands can see it. The customers that you acquire during Black Friday are probably the worst customers, the worst type, the worst quality of customers that you'll ever acquire throughout the rest of the year. So. Um, if you haven't got, if you haven't got, um, over, overly like exaggerated targets to hit during that time frame, or 
a dramatic amount of stock that you need to get rid of, the focus has got to be on, okay, what do we as the brand surely want to happen? Because we can either think about what's the priority for us as a brand or what's the priority for a customer. The priority for us as a brand is we want to sell more. We want to acquire high quality customers. Whereas the priority for the customer is probably, um, I want a great, I want a great deal. So those two things don't usually line up, but yeah. trying to, obviously the objective is the creative is to try and communicate something that is beneficial to both parties at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that is, that is probably the biggest dissonance you have in this back third of the year is, you know, from September onwards, people are starting to get ready for a deal hunting. I mean, I could say anecdotally, my, my wife yesterday was like, Hey, we need to buy a new microwave. She literally goes, should we wait till black Friday? Like, I mean, whatever you want. I don't, I don't care. It's a microwave, but also that was the thinking, right? And so someone said. This Mandy Moshe was on an episode maybe two weeks ago. So she was talking about building, building for Black Friday is September and October. You really have to be focused. And even maybe the first 10 days of November, it's really about building the audience that's going to turn into the good customers long-term because say November 1st, everyone gets in deal mode. And um, once again, Amazon has kind of moved the goalpost on that with uh, this little mini Black Friday um, almost feels like you're trying to fuck with everybody to be real with you. Like, okay, it's like a very Apple uh, taking the targeting, uh, taking a uh, tracking away kind of thing. We're like, all right, well, how can we mess other brands up so that we're, they need to use us as a provider. So I'm sure that's another one we can dive into a little bit, but do you guys think about that where it's saying, okay, September, October are audience building times. And so it's almost like we need to pump up budgets so that we acquire more good customers so that, you know, life, the life cycle, you know, uh, retention stuff downstream can do its work at a more efficient cost during that Black Friday time so that we're not kind of trying to pump just ads to people. What's the thinking in terms of the lead up to building that audience list and audience pool going into Black Friday? Do you guys think about that at all? Yeah, for sure. So there's the by default there's probably going to be two straightforward things you can do so making sure that your on-site pop-up um or on-site landing page is you know kicking off kicking ass and um, can you improve the conversion rate of that obviously if you're trying to test that now it's probably a little bit too late unless there's something you know like very low-hanging fruit can we increase like the legibility or the accessibility of this form um you probably got to be you know quick gains there and then there's also going to be, um, like specific lead gen spend. Um, it's probably too early to start running, you know, sign up for, uh, Black Friday early access right now. Um, it's probably too early to start running those sort of campaigns, but I would, I would try to focus on audience quality and focus on evergreen lead gen campaigns. So, you know, uh, first order. Uh, first order discount, um, you know, sign up to sign up to be the first one to hear about, you know, whatever we sell rather than specific Black Friday stuff. And there's probably going to be a drop in conversion rate. If you all of a sudden start running lead gen campaigns around Black Friday, this is going to be the biggest sale of our year. Sign up now. Conversion rate might increase, but at the same time, you're probably going to 
attract very low quality customers who might be trying to spread themselves very thin across. I'm going to sign up for every email list, even if it's brands that I'm not interested in. Just so on Black Friday morning or the week of that Black Friday, I'm getting my inbox is going to be, you know, on fire and I'm going to go through and I'm going to pick the best offer at the time. I would, I would try and think about the other months of the year and the world doesn't end at Black Friday. We've got to think about, you know, December Q5 is the new phrase that everyone's saying nowadays, you know, that bit after Boxing Day and then Q1, before you know about it, like we're on 13th of October today, you know, middle of October, all of a sudden, uh, you know, where did October go? There was September. I feel like I'm still on September 1st. Before you know it, we'll be on January 1st. Absolutely. And so like, I, I would try and zoom out a little bit and focus on audience quality and not, yeah. and not running the race. Not those Shopify screenshots that everyone wants where it's, you know, we've got, we've got a million today. <laughs> like, I don't do that. <laughs> the, it's, um, I think it's a really important thing to, to dig into and think about a little bit. Black Friday, and I think you and I have been around long enough to say, okay, there was a day when Black Friday was like, it was a thing, but it wasn't the thing. And it's like over the last, say, five years or so, it's become the thing that you have to focus on. And if you're deep in your analytics and you look at, like you said, quality of customer, it ebbs and flows throughout the year. Right, depending on your product, but every product has some level of uh, softness and seasonality built into it. No matter what anyone says, you can find. I've I've literally gone through every single. I've gone through hundreds of brands, and every person has like consistent place where they get a little soft. Just standard. Um, I find though a lot of people who are in e-commerce are really dedicated to learning and trying to figure things out, and the echo chamber of Black Friday is the time. And no one ever talks about how they sit out Black Friday. And there are brands that sit out because like, this is just not our time, right? It's not going to be our thing. We know we're going to get our sales or we know we're going to go heavy on October um, and hit that because we know we need to essentially, you know, get a 30% or 40% bump in revenue because we're going to drop so we can blend the two things together. Q1 is, like you said, around the corner and your entire year is important to you. What's, why do you think brands are so obsessed? Besides, for me, it's always just, they want to get rid of stock. It's burning a hole in their pocket at their 3PL and they, they just want to get rid of the, the space that they're taking up. Besides inventory, what else is the reason that you think people are focused on it? Because it feels almost a bit unhealthy at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. It probably is a, an element of it being unhealthy. Um, Sometimes it might be that, and especially this year, might be a good case where, you know, we've had, you know, 2020 was interesting for e-com. Uh, the first six months of 2021 was obviously very interesting. We were still sort of in that pandemic honeymoon. Yeah. Um, whereas this year has been very different because of, you know, a million and one world events yeah. that we don't need to go into. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that idea that it doesn't matter how tough the year is, we've got Black Friday to come and we can yeah. make it up then. And I think it's sort of like that idea of, you know, Black Friday will save us. Don't worry about, you know, okay, you know, August happened, whatever, Black Friday is going to come and we just need to win then. 
and and everything else will be fine. Or is actually the focus should be on let's try and make the business succeed and be profitable outside of Black Friday, and then we can yeah. do whatever the what whatever the hell we want yeah. in November. We can just check out, turn Perfect. our ads off, yeah, and and post. Um, yeah, that's if I had to choose, yeah, go do that. I would do that. Yeah, I would. I would do that. I would want to kill it. Eleven months of the year and yeah. check out in November. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it it always it's a race to the bottom on deals. Like I don't really, I would never blame the customer on this. Essentially, like the, you know, the customer there's a certain expectation, and no matter what, I don't know a single person who is really wealthy is not deal hunting legitimately you get in a room with a billionaire the cheapest guy in the world legitimately i kid you not i, I was in one recently and he's like hey so you, your portion of this is x i i didn't mind i'm not saying that it's more the expectation for every person is this is the time for a deal and they're going to go and hunt for it based on the product that they're looking for I think the challenge that you, or the gauntlet you just laid out for brands though is super important, which is you shouldn't rely on Black Friday to save you. It's a time that can amplify certain things for you if your fundamentals in your business are right through paid social, through conversion rate, through you know retention and, and brand building that you've done over time. But if you're looking for this to be kind of the thing that bumps you up, and brings you those good customers, say, say you do. So it's like a short-term gain. By the way, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So like, you know, we're sitting here saying you should do these things. Let's be very, very clear. There are times in your business life, we've all been there where you just got to do what you got to do. And it is what it is. So sometimes you have to say, we're going to take a short-term gain and will not be a long-term net win, but it is just for us to kind of get over these next three months and survive. And I know that that's something that's going on for a lot of brands. So you got to do what you got to do. The extra side of that is, say you do what you got to do in 2022. For 2023, in your planning, make sure to do what Phil is saying, which is make sure your brand is going to kill it for, say you go, you know, H1, Q1, Q2, or H1 and H2. That one month, that everyone is sitting there and they're over leveraging themselves. Don't be a part of that because again, you're always going to be fighting for the worst possible customer and the customer owes you nothing. They're just trying to get a good at a good price. Um, so I, I'm very, I'm hundred percent aligned with you on that. And I think the new companies that are going to come out of this in a strong way are going to do that. Um, but it takes a lot of planning and rigor and forcing yourself to, I don't know, front load misery and back load, um, back load pleasure versus um, the kind of the opposite way. It was like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. You know, we have these kind of opportunities um, around sale times. That should be the last time you want to actually be playing. So I think that's a, that's a really, really salient point. In terms of channel distribution, what are you guys focusing on for customers during this time and going into, like you said, um, holiday and Q5? What are the kind of channels that you think are going to be most important for driving, you know, driving uh, sales? Yeah. So general rule of thumb, if 
if you haven't made a new channel work yet, it's probably not going to change during Black Friday unless your your business is over efficient and you've got room in that blended ROAS to invest and test the new channel at the same time. If you're just hitting the, you know, if you're, if you're after a blended 2x return on ad spending, you're just hitting that, I wouldn't then, you know, let's try and pump some spend into a, into a new platform during this time because it's likely not going to, um, benefit it's not going to benefit that blended 2x it's probably going to make it worse and yeah. so to answer chase's question the original question and um, we're still definitely over indexed on facebook and while yeah. year to date we have spent more on tiktok yeah uh, this year than any year previously we're still yeah. finding um facebook's platform meta's platform the the best way to acquire those yeah uh customers at scale and um, Google's obviously going to be very important to bring those customers back in. So this yeah. is probably going to be the first Black Friday where, where performance maps is going to be very useful because mm. it is going to pull those branded searches in. Yeah. And, and it's a little bit like Advantage Plus Shopping. And I think Advantage Meta this year have done a blinding job with introducing Advantage Plus Shopping. Um, you know, a lot of accounts got it in uh, August. Some accounts have got it in September, and I think all accounts should have it in a couple of days, you know, yeah. mid October. Yeah. Um, and I think they've done a blinding job of bringing that in because that's going to be the, that definitely leveled up their platform from a, you know, we're going to launch new ads today. We need them to work straight out the gate from both a top of funnel and a retargeting yeah. point of view. And that is what Advantage Plus Shopping was made for. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a really, First of all, can you imagine uh, how their engineers were getting pushed over the last three, like four or five months to get this out? Like, look, Black Friday is coming. We need a we need a good season um, so that, you know, share prices don't go down. I think, like you said, they've done a great job. I have not heard anything but stellar reviews from people on Advantage Plus. I'm like, this is the best technology, technological jump that they've had probably in two or three years. Um, you know, as manager got pretty static, like it got to a really great level and then it kind of didn't do anything new. And it was just about little optimizations. There wasn't kind of like a step change in the innovation. Um, so that's, uh, that's great. I think the, um, the thing you said that is most important there is don't get blinded by the shiny new thing, lean into what works and you know, your time for experimenting is the rest of the year. And that's when you try to get those incremental gains. But now is about what's the playbook? What is the playbook for success? So if it's Facebook ads with Google performance max, do that. Don't try to throw in some TikTok ads that, like you said, are going to mess up your blended, your blended 2x. Um, make sure that you're focused on what works and build your experimentation for later. Similarly with creative, probably. Um, we talked to Morella from Creative Milkshake, um, which is coming out um, in a couple of days. And it was, don't try new hooks, new anything. Go and essentially make a greatest hits album. So it's the same thing with your campaigns, right? Just do what works, your channel stack, do what works. What are the greatest hits? And how do you optimize the, the pipeline of, or the, the flow, the, the pipeline of how your customers are going to interact? So is your offer compelling enough where it doesn't mess with your kind of your bottom line too much and are your landing pages going to convert well enough um from that from that traffic that's coming so i think that's um yeah that's massive 
last thing, what is everyone saying that you think is not true? So very broad question. There's a lot of, how do I say this politely? Um, there's a lot of, uh, to use a word from, from your side of the pond, there's a lot of dross out there, um, about what people are, you know, online, like you're like, dude, this is, this is ridiculous. And this is not applicable to normal people. What, what should people kind of cancel from their, their brains in terms of what they should be ingesting? Again, good question, Chase. I mean, I, I, I think I'm quite successful uh, at, I'm quite successful at managing my, um, headspace by cutting all that shit out. (laughs) If it is something that I I don't even know, (laughs) I haven't got a clue. If it is something I disagree with, or if it is something that doesn't benefit me, yeah, I don't give it, I don't give it. And that's from like a personal point of view. And also from a, you know, from from an e-com agency point of view. Um, I, I mean, like hot takes and that's a H-O-double-T, hot takes and, um, absolutes are, they're good, they're, they're good on, you know, Twitter, they, they dial into that engagement algorithm you know, for positive and negatives and, and they yeah. therefore get more reach. And that's probably what you, why, why you see them online. Yeah. So I, I would, I would ignore that. And I would, I would sometimes, I would always ignore the sentiment that is, it's like a, it's like a duck, isn't it? Floating on the water. It, yeah. Everything looks calm. Everything looks rosy, but underneath that water, they are swimming like a fucking bastard. Yeah. Like they are going yeah. off the lever. And oh, so, totally. And even even where we share stuff online, like I like I understand when I share stuff online, most of the time it's very positive, and that's just because I want to talk about the positive things. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to over focus on the negatives because that yeah. doesn't benefit. That doesn't help yeah. me personally. So it's easy to see positive things online and just think, you know, oh, they're having an easy job. But yeah, you, you're only seeing the the hindsight, the 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 look back out the rearview mirror. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not seeing the car crash that's in front of them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If, if that's it, that's a yeah. deep question. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Chase. I mean, everything works, everything works, and and everything doesn't work at the same time. That you is, know, if it, if it's creative types, images, videos, they both work and they both don't yeah. work. So, yeah. Everyone asks me, Chase, what's what's working in creative, and I'm like, everything. What's not working? Everything. Uh, Like there's no, there are certain things that will work, but hacks are called hacks for a reason, right? And why do you call someone a hack? It's because eventually it's not working anymore. So it's like something you can do and like, you need those things, right? You're like, okay, well, this is, you try this, you try that, blah, blah, blah. Um, But core principles, right? It comes back to exactly what you said um, at the top. You need to know your... You need to know exactly what works for you and your brand and be super rigorous about that. Forget everything else. That all of that other stuff is noise and there are car crashes all around you. It's your job to essentially navigate and have your own personal North Star. And so this kind of per- perfect button. These are why you have partners like Phil who can help you see that because when you're running a business, very challenging to see it when you're trying to deal with shipping 
your suppliers, you know, inventory management, cash flow management, all of these things, you know, getting your marketing together, dealing with all of your employees, every single thing, you know, um, it's multifaceted um, and it never stops. And so this is why you have partners, you know, like, like Helloworth um, and Phil's team that help you navigate your way through that, but make sure you focus on you and the things that you need while, you know, benefiting the customer. We always want to benefit the customer, but don't do it to a point where it's ruining your business because the customer will always be, you hope, always be okay. Your business won't. And so um, you've got to take that thing and treat it like a diamond. Um, so my dad always says, treat your family, everything like a diamond. Like, would you go and hammer that thing? Uh, no, you wouldn't. You would polish it, put it in a safe space. Same thing with the business. Some days you got to maybe put it in a place that's a little more dangerous, but always remember it's a diamond and, and it's incumbent upon you to take care of that thing. So, Bill, where should people reach out to you? I'm sure you're not taking on new clients right now because it's like, dude, we are just focused. But if they wanted to just interact with you or or keep up with what you're like, some of the only positive things that you're putting out there, where should they follow along and uh, and spend some time learning from you? Yeah, sure. So I've got two personalities, Twitter, at Phil Keel, P-H-I-L-K-I-E-L. That's where I do, uh, you know, most of my shit posting. Yeah. Um, most of the content is around, you know, meta reps. If you want to laugh, I mean, you might not find it funny, but um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get a sense of my personality on Twitter and then LinkedIn, and I try and share, you know, in the weeds, what's actually working, what yeah. we're doing sort of like this week at Hello Earth. So that's a, that's a good place to check. Me. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, much more professional on LinkedIn, everybody. So if you want the professional Phil, go there. Like you said, we're all shit posting. I get, I'm getting a little more frustrated. People being so professional in these last few weeks on, uh, on Twitter, trying to get some business. Like guys, look, this is just for me to post, you know, very, uh, obscure movie gifs. So, um, well, Phil, this was a blast. I think people are going to be able to pull out some really, really, um, key things that they can do. And I think the main thing is key things beyond black Friday, which frankly should be what everyone is trying to get out of these things in general is how do I actually build a business that works 12 months of the year, not one month of the year. Um, and so I really appreciate your time and your expertise. This was amazing. And yeah, let's definitely do it again. This face really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you.